What's up, y'all? I have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Acts crew. And, and we got a load of show for y'all, but before we get into that, I got to introduce my people. The the master, the mixer master, Josh Guyton. That is I. You ain't stealing it this he, week, baby. He, he's, been, <laughs> he's been so polite as to let us use his Twitch channel for now. So, you know, follow, follow the real channel. We're going to link that in a minute. Uh, but... We appreciate it, Josh. We appreciate you, Ziff Nation, for coming out and anybody else who's coming out as well. We got the money man, the man with the plan, Mr. Chris Allen. Right here, right here. Now, now listen, uh, we have International Women's Day. We have, I believe it's uh, International or is it National Women's Month as well. So we're going to start this thing off with our favorite women in sports. And then after we get into that, of course, we got to talk. Uh, we got to talk this all-star game that just happened. The the day-long spectacular that it was. Uh, <laughs> then we're going to get into this Blake Griffin signing. And then we're going to change over to football a little bit. And speaking of signings, the most guaranteed money ever, Mr. Dakota Prescott. Dak got paid. You understand? <laughs> so uh, let, let's get this thing started right. Let's let's show some love to the women uh, who are y'all favorite women in sports? Just one from the one from the past, one current, and and why? Or give me a moment from them. Um, so for current, I'm gonna go with Naomi Osaka. It kind of sounds like a cop out answer, but the reason I'm gonna go with that is because um, rest in peace, Kobe. I'm all about pushing the game for it, and we know right. how big of a proponent that Serena is when it comes to women's sports in general, empowering women, and uh, the game of tennis. And mm-hmm. with, you know, her recently having a child and I'm not going to say like her best days are behind her. She's still in here competing for championships. But right. we can tell that Serena is on a downturn of her career. And after she retired, I didn't really necessarily see a woman that would be able to take that that torch from her and continue to push the game forward. But now that we have now that we have uh, Naomi in the game, we can see a woman that's going to be able to push tennis forward for possibly the next 20 years and carry that torch from Serena when we didn't see that being a thing, you know, two, three years ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so who's your favorite woman in sports of the past? Okay. Um, I watch women's basketball. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Cheryl Swoops. That's the first woman hooper I could think of to where like I actually tuned into women's game and I was like, they out here hooping. Like, of course, it's easy to pull up highlights or anything to give women a bad rap, especially when it comes to, to basketball. But one, that's the first one where I saw like, yo, she hooping And second. I need to get me a pair. Do y'all remember the, uh, the Cheryl Swoops Nikes? I remember hearing about them. I did not. I did not have a pair. I did not (laughs) Google them, bro. I I might have to check them out. I might have to check those out one time. But Chris, we gonna we gonna hop it over to you, man. Who's who's your favorite woman of sports of the past? Who's who's your favorite woman of sports from the present? All right, I'm gonna go present first. Uh, I mean, it's still Serena for me. I mean, have we ever seen anyone dominate just one section of sports? Besides, like, the longevity of LeBron, but anybody, a single, not a team sport, have we ever seen anybody dominate a single person's sport as long as Serena? Not in modern history. Not yet. Definitely not in modern history. I'm thinking back, and... You know, I mean, it's, she's been dominant. She's been good dude. since the, the 2000s. Like, like, yeah. She might be the GOAT of tennis, like just overall scope, like just because how long she's been dominating. Like I remember I was in a camp back in, I want to say sixth grade, and she was on top of the top of the pyramid, and she still is. Like even though she right. came up a little short recently, but she still, nobody going to say I could just beat Serena straight up one-on-one. The- the, and you know what? To lose in the semifinals to the person who went on to win it. So you're the third best player, effectively, in the world of what you do. And, like, people are like, oh, she's washed. Like, she's washed. It's over now. Like, tell anybody else, you'll be the third best at anything you do, right? Like, Chris is an engineer. I work at HR when I'm not doing sports, uh, sports journalism. If somebody told Chris, you're the third best engineer in the world, I'm pretty sure you will walk into some offices Hey, go ahead and raise that pay up for me, bro. Right. If somebody told me I was the third best at HR in the world, 
Hey, listen, I do all the hiring and firing around here from now on. Bro. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't do no investigation. Talk nice to me. No Talk nice to me. Exactly. Exactly. Need six figures. But go ahead, Chris. Sorry to cut you off there. All right, and then my past, and and the reason why she, I'm gonna say the reason why. For one, she's beautiful, and for two, she the smoothest transition from a player to like on the announcing staff or one of the people that they always go to when they want to do a quick interview. Um, it's just Candice Parker, man. Candice Parker is she's that deal. Um, she was dominant in her in her sport. She's a tall woman, six four, which is surprising. Like she was just that. That that skill that six four as a woman, because you know six four is mm-hmm. kind of that's extremely tall for a woman, and she 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 made it look effortless every night, night in night out. Like she just and then she just smooth. Like she wear her uh, suits not on on air, and she just smooth smooth transition from from playing. I, I feel that I feel that my my favorite woman of the past, favorite woman in sports of the past is Layla Ali. I anybody who knows me knows. I love to see people who um, who defy what what is or not who defy who walk into what is expected of them and and just like knock it out of the park, right? Right. The daughter of Muhammad Ali, people expect you to be like, yeah, you're supposed to be good at fighting, but what she was doing to people in that ring for a very long time was like, yo, she was on the the main event undercard, like that's how. With MMA, it's a little different now. We, we're starting to see women get the undercard, main card, and all that. I don't right. think any of that is possible without Layla Ali back in the day putting it on people so bad that it was like, all right, we got to throw her on the undercards because we got to throw her on the main event or two because if you don't, you gonna, you risk losing off uh, some money on that. And my my present, I it was... <sighs> so, like like God, like God, and I watched a lot of women's sports and... Um, I had a lot of choices to go with here. I really did. Uh, I part of me wanted to go Amanda Nunes because she's she whooping the wheels <laughs> off people. That's she, not oh fair, my god! That's oh not my fair, god! She, she beating people down so bad, man. I, it, it's 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 tough to even it's tough to even quantify how hard she's been going on folks because she she while she has a decent amount of experience, she's still relatively new and hasn't had the longevity of uh, some other players. So. I, I would probably say uh, my favorite right now. Uh, I, y'all gonna hate me for this, but I gotta say it: Brittany Griner. To see a post player like her yeah. dominate the game the way that she does is impressive. It's, it's very. She a little delusional thinking she could beat uh, Boogie in a one on one game. <laughs> a little delusional, but all the best suffer from delusions of grandeur, and uh, to see her. Go out and go after it night after night after night, even when she doesn't necessarily have to help around her. That's some of the other uh, champs do. It's 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 impressive to see. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, the Mercury are are good and they're getting better, but she's she's a force down there. So that's yeah. that's impressive. And and so we gonna tra- oh go ahead, Greg. No, I was just saying some of the comments. Somebody said Gabby Douglas. Now, now that's a good one. That's a real. Oh, that is a good one. That is a good one. I did not. Simone Biles in there for the. Simone Biles. Simone Biles is in there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flojo. Hey, let me tell you, Flojo was fierce, boy. The the fits. I have never seen any athlete as crispy as Flojo, man (laughs) or woman. That's fact. Man or woman. I've never seen somebody so well dressed. While they competed in their sport, no, yeah, you, they, they not know Russell Westbrook's for something. You, you don't think that's competing with uh with James Harden rain jacket from yesterday? Oh, guy, 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 guy. He wearing that straight to the Atlanta strip club. He went to Magic City in that raincoat. That's what he. That's that's why he went straight Whoa, to Magic Flojo, City. Flojo had the the jumpsuit with the one leg out, <laughs> with the ankle break, with the little the little anklet on. With it, you're not touching it. Nobody, the the level of iciness she reached is is. Come on now, calm down, Gibbs. Calm down. I'm just saying, <laughs> hey, listen, over there. <laughs> y- y'all know. Listen, I'm just saying. I'm passionate about women's sports, and she was damn good at it, and she looked damn good while she was doing. It. Uh, but we're gonna move on to uh, we're gonna move on to this All Star game that just happened because we we and it hurts my feelings because we talking about how pristine and clean Flojo was and then we gonna get into something. I, I'm gonna just ask y'all, okay? We gonna put everything that happened in the All Star game in one of two categories: hot mess 
or slight flex. That, that's what we're going to do for everything All-Star. Because honestly, all right, all right. To, to put this All-Star game together in what? Basically three weeks and have it happen, it's, it's either got to be a hot mess or, hey, the NBA kind of did that. Well, I think we can all agree on that, right? Yeah. All right, so the, the first thing we're going to start off with, player safety. What do you, How do y'all think they did as far as keeping the players safe, keeping the players in, in good health, good condition? What are y'all saying? A hot mess or slight flex? Man, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with slight flex just because the fact that you in Atlanta, you – I mean, most of the players that you can speak of, you talk about a LeBron and Steph Curry, it's going to be easy to keep them out of circles to where they're going to, you know, get contact tracing, whatever the case may be. But you had yeah. younger players, which they kept a lot of them out of trouble. Uh, I know, I know. I'm pretty sure Jason Tatum is a kept man, if I know correctly. But you got uh, Jalen Brown out there. You got a couple of young players. You got Harden, even though he older. We know how he get down. And he was able to, you know, <laughs> Like with Terminator and Claire, he was dropping hundreds. He was able to get so I know we had a few players that, you know, had to sit out like MB Simmons, but all things considered, considering the fact that they threw this thing together, considering the track record of every other sport we've seen in the past calendar year and the fact that they're in Atlanta, which is basically uh, a hotbed for COVID at this point. I think it's a slight flex, the fact that they were able to, to pull this off. No, OK, I feel it. I feel it. Chris, what you thinking, man? Player safety. Hey, listen, listen, listen. On just player safety, that we going on one topic at a time. I'm going to say it's a slight flex. Only because I see the post on Instagram today, dude. It was like, (laughs) it was like a blue bandana tied to a red bandana. It said HIV and COVID during All-Star Weekend. (laughs) So, so, none of the the players that we know of yet got HIV or COVID. So, I'm going to say that's a flex, okay? Because that, that made so much sense on that Instagram post. Josh Guy, please tell me we not live. Please hey, tell man, me we not live. All right, thank you all for tuning in. Oh my in, god. Man, to- oh my <laughs> I, I'm just saying, bro. I'm just saying, bro. Is that not a flex? Like, cause that like that when I saw that, I was like, man, that's low-key kind hold of on, true. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Speaking of flexes, <laughs> I, I I know I forgot something. I, I kept thinking about something. I forgot something. You went skiing this weekend, bro. You we pull up. Goggles for us, man. Hey, hey, you gotta yep, flex with the yep, goggles for us, man. Yep, I'm a ski guy. <laughs> gotta see I'm, it, a man. Ski guy man. I'm a ski guy, man. I'm a ski guy, man. Honey, where's my super suit head ass, <laughs> man? You look, you look good. You look good. But I'm, I, I guess I gotta be the Debbie Downer here. I hope that nobody from Philadelphia is in, in Ziff Nation because they just unfollowed you off. <laughs> right. Right. Bro, I'm sorry, but all in all, when you get two of the biggest names in basketball, Two of the players that are on the number one team to have to miss multiple games based on what, right? Like, well, no, me, no, no. They, 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 they went to get a haircut. That's like, right. you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, I, under, I understand that, but at the same time, to me, it should have been very specific guidelines of like, hey, listen, this how we coming. This get in, get out. That's it. Don't do nothing. Don't I mean, breathe but- nowhere. Don't go meet Lou Will at the strip club with them. I, I, would much, I would much Don't rather. Go nowhere. I would much rather them players catch COVID than had that bubble barber they had. Hey, you saw Jimmy. Jimmy said, "I'm just not gonna get cut until yeah. I get my barber hey, that, back." That, that, that bubble barber was doing them dirty. That was Rondo brother, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was Rondo brother. Rondo hey, took all the Rajon took all the assistant abilities in the family. He couldn't do nothing but hurt them boys. He said, "All right, let me get you a little." Oh my god! Uh, hey, no, he had that shaky uh, Le- 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 Lebron. Oh my god! Oh my, that was that was a ooh, that was tough. That was all right. So so we gonna go on to the celebrity, uh, the Bleacher Report celebrity two on two tournament. Hot mess or slight flex? Where we going? Where we going with this? I'm going to go with slight flex only because it's very rare that these celebrity games are, one, they're never good, and two, they're hardly ever entertaining. So I'm going to go with slight flex because it was actually a little bit of both. I mean, it could have been a a one-on-one between Quavo and 2 Chainz. They was, uh, little Baby was out there just just running. 
But <laughs> he was hey, when Lil Baby said, "I ain't go with Lil uh, Baby," uh, said, uh, I, I ain't go to school. I went straight to the streets. You could tell right. he was not capping at all. Hey, listen, at listen. All. You saw him in all them pictures with James Harden this summer. I thought he was gonna at least hoop with him one time. He ain't hoop a lick with James Harden. Nah, I'm like, nah. hey, I rewatched hey. that. I was like. Bro, bro got the rebounds and passed James the ball. That was it. That was all it. Yeah, I got you, bro. I change, got you. I got you. I got you, James. I got you. James, you hit 40 in a row, James? Man, you different. You different. Chris, what you think? Chris, what you thinking, man? What you thinking? Man. Hot mess with slight flex. Y'all know I hate when they got people that are not professionals playing on live television. Like, like, I think it's a hot mess. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I mean, it's cool. It's nice they were able to do it, but. Like to be honest, if we be honest, man, if we be honest, in a in a top tier pickup game at like LA Fitness where I used to hoop at, Quavo would be just like everybody else. If we be honest, like Quavo is good, but he's not he's not that dominant. Like they got him against scrubs, people that don't play. They just he, he, he play he play ball. That's how right. That's what I'm saying. Like he ball. he's somebody he's somebody you look at like and be like, okay, he played basketball. He just somebody that's decent at basketball. Like he just played. You know what I'm saying? He he ain't no. I wouldn't go pick him up on my G League team or my, you know what I'm saying? He's just somebody that played. And he played. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It was a slight flex because of Quavo's uh, performance alone. I don't <laughs> think people rebound. I don't think people realize how good Quavo was in the finals, man. That man had 17 points, 14 rebounds. Look and who he played. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. In a game to 21. What? Look who he playing, bro. Like, on, I'm man. saying, Come Gibbs. Listen, all right, bro. Listen. All right, all right. So, so, Gibbs, let's say it like this. You play 2K, right? Yeah. Let's say you hop on the twos with your homie and two uh, 72 overall brown shirts hop on. You getting 17 to 14, bro. I, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. But no cap. I might not. I might not. Simply for this reason. Simply for this reason, bro. This man dropped 17 and 14 and, like, he blocked one of the little baby shots, and you could tell they do not rock with each other in real life. He said, I am not. He blocked that shot, looked at bros like, I am not faux PF. I do not want nothing to do with y'all balls, man. So I'm just, I, that, that alone to me was impressive. And also, y'all know how hard I am on the celebrity game, man. I really do not like the celebrity game at all. I love the new format. I love the way they redid it. Honestly, having the celebrity announcers. I mean, yeah. who didn't want to hear? Who didn't want to hear Supreme Dreams uh, do the do do all of the announcement of that game? Yeah. Man? Come on now, come on. Who didn't want to hear Drewski do a little bit of announcing, as opposed to hearing Reggie Miller and uh, hey. Reggie Miller and Chris hey. We <laughs> had to hear him the next day. We had to hear him the next day. I don't want to hear them call a regular game, right. let alone a celebrity <laughs> game. Come on, man. I, I got to give it slight flex. All right, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna do two more things and we're gonna bring this thing to a close. Because the actual all-star game, I think we can all agree. We'll we'll get to the important parts later, but it was decent. It wasn't bad, it wasn't good. It was like, man, the all-star game. So the the three-point competition. Hot mess, slight flex. Slight flex. I mean, it was really a, a showdown between Conley, who he was a last minute replacement, right? Yeah, I'm so happy for that man. I'm so happy for that man. I ain't see Conley shooting that thing like that, but I think it was a flex just between, but just because of the showdown between between Conley and Steph. I think Steph might have been playing around a little bit because because this seemed like when he was like, "All right, it's time for me to win," he locked in and he was able to get the dub. But just the Conley versus Steph finals was a flex right there. That was entertaining. Okay, Chris, what you thinking, man? I go slight flex. It was entertaining for sure. Uh, I do like the addition of the Mountain Dew balls, uh, the three point balls. I do like. I still like they kept the money ball rack. I just wish players would just you know put the money back rack where they gonna hit the shots at. Man, they seem like it was breaking right. the whole rack. I was like, I thought that was your sweet spot. That's why you put it there. But I mean, and, and why is Jalen Brown in a three point contest? He is a scorer. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he shoot above thirty three percent. You knew he wasn't a shooter when Dwayne Wade said, oh, he's a shot maker. He's not a three-point shooter. <laughs> if Dwayne Wade tell you you're not a three-point shooter, you, you need to go shooter. ahead and get out of that competition. <laughs> you need to get out that of Dodge quick. That is not the competition for you. I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's a slight flex for me. Actually, it's a big flex for me. I ain't even going to lie. I got to break the rules, man. It's a big flex for me because it was the most exciting competition of the night. 
It was the most yeah. exciting competition <laughs> of the night. By far. By a mile. By, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't even close. When you look at the actual game, we all saw Team LeBron roster, and we was like, damn, KD can't pick a team unless it's already assembled. This is unfortunate. <laughs> um, we, we saw the dunk contest, and it was just blah. It was, it was, this is one of the look, worst look, dunk contests we've seen. I, I will say this. I will say this. The first round was decent at best. That, okay, I get it. The that. first round it. was decent the, at best. And, and, that's, and that's, that's really why, that's really the biggest reason why the dunk contest was so trash and everybody knew it was trash. You can't pull out your best stuff in the first round, man. True. Who true. does that? Who, everybody pulled out their best stuff and then in the second round it was like, yeah, I'm going to win me my, my thing about this is when you got hops like that, like you know when you are like athletically separate from every from all the peers, right? Right. And I know even people like me, like if I dunk, I can give you a 2K rim grazer package dunk and I'm at the nice ice my knees immediately after. <laughs> so when you know you got hops like that, I know at least since the age of like 12, you've been thinking about like, damn, what am I gonna do when I hit the dunk contest? It's no way you've been thinking about ideas for the past 10 years of your life and you got out on that stage and those are the dunks that you came up with. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can we can we talk about the ice your knees comment real quick? <laughs> hey man, hey. If you like if that. you hit a if you hit a rim grazer, you hey, 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 come get me, come get me. Hey bro, look, I'm six feet. The rim is ten feet. So that I gotta I gotta fall a couple of feet in order for my bro, my knees ain't ready for that kind of impact. <laughs> my knees they go, they're gonna explode, they're gonna explode like Kyle on Soft Park when you got the <laughs> Fact. Fact. <laughs> all right, all right. But so 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 Chris, what you thinking, man? Was the was the uh was the three-point competition slight flex hot mess, man? What you going with? Hot mess, hot on fire mess. Like, oh, that that was you know. My thing, just like Guy said, a lot of those players, the announcers even said it, a lot of those players' first dunk was in eighth grade. If your first dunk yeah. is in eighth grade, I know you've been dunk. Like, because I remember my first dunk, my first dunk came in about 11th grade. My first dunk came. And right. after that first dunk, I was like, oh, how can I make that dunk harder? So I started trying to cock my arm back farther. So I know for a fact they've been thinking of ways their whole life on how to do a spectacular dunk. And they they, they got time to practice it their whole life. And to come out there and almost kiss the rim and win a dunk contest, <laughs> Chris, 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 Chris. That's that's why we was talking about the three point competition. We all agreed that the dunk contest. Was trash. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why you don't you don't criticize the roll competition. We all know the dunk contest is trash, man. We know that. What what did you think about the three point contest, though, man? What you think? What you think? Was it? Was it? What you think? Uh, I mean, like I said, it was. I like the addition of the new stuff they added, the Mountain Dew ball stuff like that. Oh, it, right, it, right, right. It, it gave it an X factor. Um, like for example, like it was a couple times where uh, Jason Tatum was out of it, but he hit one of those Mountain yeah. Dew balls and it brought him right back in it. So yeah, I, I, I want to see Clay and Curry go at it in that format oh, for right sure. there for sure. For me personally, I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with slight flex, man. Any anytime it comes down to the last shot, anything that is your most entertaining thing, it has to be. A, a flex. It has to be. And the biggest part is all of it, the competent, the entire All-Star weekend was last minute. Mike Conley was added last minute, and the game came down to the last shot. All of those things combined together to make that really, honestly and truly, one of the best three-point contests we've seen in a minute. All yeah. Honestly and truly, just because of those things all coming together. Who was it rooting for Mike Conley coming down the street? Hey, hey listen, listen, I'm not going to lie. Mike Conley came up short like he did that shot in the playoff series against them. <laughs> he came up short like that. I knew he was going to do it. Not I knew he was going to do it. Hey, that boy went in and I out. Knew he was gonna... <laughs> Stop it, man. I don't like this guy. Hey, hey, he's a bad how, how sick was Utah when Mike Conley shot that shot and it went in and out? This man is a villain. This man must be stopped. <laughs> this man must be stopped, man. Uh, the, the people from Philadelphia and Utah is going to cancel Guyton, bro. They're going to band together <laughs> right, and cancel Guyton. You're going to have the Mormons and the I'm, Muslims trying to cancel Guyton all in one fell swoop. I'm, I'm going to lose out on all 12 followers in Utah with internet. 
y'all horsey Utah, Utah dog. Y'all horsey Utah. I'm trying to help out. I'm trying to help Brown, and he go full Maxwell Vernon on us, bro. I swear, I did not know Utah had this many people. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. So, so last thing, man. Last thing. Last thing. Skills challenge. What you thinking, man? I'm, I'm gonna start this one off. I'm gonna start this one off. I, I'm sorry, but I gotta, I gotta start this one off. It was a hot ass mess. First of all, why does Chris Paul do this every year in the skills competition? This is what it was a seven round. Something like that, and he hasn't won none. How do you not win one? (laughs) Three things you can count on in life death, taxes, and Chris Paul losing the skills competition, bro. It's terrible. And then, and then people are talking about, oh. The bigs winning, it being two bigs in the finals, it, it shows that the game is evolving. No, it doesn't. Chris Paul <laughs> missed two layups. How do you miss a layup in a skills challenge? The three, <laughs> I get. I understand. Right. That's a three-point shot, right? The best of all time to ever do it. Make four out of ten. I understand how you miss that. A layup. A layup. <laughs> a bunny. You smoked two bunnies. And also, I, I love Vooch as a player. I really do. He's one of my favorite centers in the game. There's not a single competition that I think him being in the finals in makes more entertaining. That's I'm true. sorry. That's true. I'm sorry. There's not a single competition that comes to mind. I'm like, if Vooch is in the finals, I got to watch. When I saw it was him as a bonus, I was like, yeah. Let me go ahead and go to the bathroom, man. I've been holding this for a minute. It's about time. Now I saw I saw the final, but I'm just saying. I'm that hot mess to me. What you think, Chris? You said it yourself. I don't care how many buckets Voop been putting up this season. He been he been on a balling streak right now. Him and Sabonis. Sabonis then got a triple double in the first half this season almost. This but I, no. No, no, no. Two slow guys doing a skills challenge that Chris Paul loses every year. It's just, it's a no for me. It, it, it's a no for me. And, and look, to make it even worse, it was some fans that paid to be there in that arena. <laughs> Ooh, it hurts my spirit thinking of the lost bread that you cannot recoup to watch Vooch and Sabonis. Dribble and shoot threes. Jesus Christ. Lord help him. Guyton, what you thinking, man? What you think about skills? I'm going to go a little different with this. I'm going to go a little different with this. This year specifically, you can go hot mess. But I think the skills challenge uh, in itself, you can go straight flex for this reason. We know what we're getting out of the skills challenge. But we can agree that this is the only competition every year that brings us legitimate star power. You're not wrong. No other You're competition during All Star Weekend are you getting started? Well, not well, even a three point well, contest. Because I, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, but it didn't be Vucevic and Sabonis doing point guard drills. They but still this, I mean, this, I, I'll tell you what though. I'll tell you what though. This is the most star studded three point competition that we've had in right. quite the, some time. The only reason we had that though is because they're trying to limit the people. You know what I'm saying at All Star Weekend because of, of COVID. If it wasn't right. that, bro, we would have seen. Uh, it would have been Wesley Matthews and Joe Harris in a three-point contest, bro. Hey, yo, so <laughs> yo, 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 quit playing with the Wesley Matthews. Bro. Joe Harris. <laughs> hey, Joe Harris won one before, didn't he? But, but he, he not a star. Bro, we well, done had okay. uh okay. Steve Novak in a three-point contest, man. What about Wally Serbiak, man? It's yo, called, yo, yo, Mr. Days. It is called all-star weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's not his call. All-star weekend. Not all decent. Not all they yeah, straight. Not, all, and not, oh, and now we had to, that was good. Now we had to watch Jalen Brown in a three-point contest. All right. All right. So 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 when we look at when we look at the totality this weekend, I think the one thing we can all agree was a highlight. Seeing Brown and Steph on the same team. Everybody is clamoring for more of it after seeing them on court together for like five minutes. Man, what are y'all thinking? Is this something y'all want to see? I was like in in actual like team up in the actual season. Now I think both of them are pretty competitive, so uh we won't see it anytime soon. But I think we can both see a semi-washed version of each player play together and 
you say what, three seasons? Steph, 33. Brian got a couple more years. Three seasons from now, they're both free agents. Bro, they we could just go see... play for Team USA, honestly. I'm, not tr- I'm trying to see an NBA season. If you got a semi, I don't want to see them old Steph, men pass the ball I'll, like it's. I would. Man. LeBron not gonna forget how to pass, and Steph not gonna forget how to shoot. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. He, th- those two even semi wash, they're gonna be the favorites that year. Yeah. I can guarantee you. <laughs> I guarantee that. Bro, it Kevin, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce in Brooklyn was favorites to win a title. You telling me? Uh, uh, Steph and Brian three years from now. Okay, I, I know they'd be the favorites, but I mean, I don't really want to see it though. Just off the shit, they can come I like to the, the rivalry. They. they can come to the Pistons and have Jeremy Grant as their third option. They'll be the favorites. They'll be the favorites. They'll, Listen, they'll be the I, 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 I like them on the same team, but just I like the like the story behind Steph and Brian, like not being on the same team. You know what right. I mean? Like, because it's always that thing that if Brian had the best shooters in the world on his team, he probably would be unstoppable. And I like that mystery. I like that, you know, I like that untold story. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what? I'll tell you this. They, those two really are like fire and ice. They're literally like the perfect antithesis to one another because the things that Brown has, for the most part, the things that got him noticed in high school, the things that for a majority of his career, they're things that you cannot coach, you cannot teach. You can, you're literally just like you're born with it or you're not. You're like, that's just that. And it's athleticism, it's power, it's it's skill that is is supernatural, uh, is of seemingly supernatural. And Steph is he is a bit that same way in that. Excuse me. No matter how much you shoot and practice shooting, you're never going to be Steph. But also, he's short. He's unathletic. He's he can't jump. He doesn't run super fast. You saw that oop yesterday. You saw that oop yesterday. <laughs> Hey, guy, guy, before I gained weight, I was able to do new type of oops. That's not a hey, hard man. oop. Hey, if we go lie to the fans on this show, I don't want to be here no more, man. I don't even want to. Hey, you know, you know Steph, my dog. You know Steph, my dog, man. This man caught one oop. Now all of a sudden he got up. Come hey, on, man. man. Come on, man. His ankle's shaky. Is it, bro? He immediately, just like you said about your knees, he immediately went to go ice them Achilles. Hey, that, immediately. That's, that's, that's not a lie, though. That's not a lie. Uh, so I mean, those two, like I said, they're, they're very fire and ice type of guys. And uh, I, honestly and truly, I, I think that them being apart, I mean, it would be like John McEnroe and and, and his uh, rival playing doubles together. Like we, it would be exciting to see, but at the same time, right. like they're gonna destroy whoever they're going against. So it ain't really, it ain't really as fun. So so let me talk talk to y'all about this, right? Because part of the what built the lore of Steph and LeBron going against each other was their time in Cleveland. And Cleveland happens to be the next All-Star game, uh, the host of the next All-Star game. Any thoughts about that? Since, since we just attacking City senselessly here, since we done already told Philly, it don't matter that your stars are out. Okay. Since we done told Utah, y'all got three people with, with, with DHL internet. Okay, so so, however COVID affected this All-Star break, it's going to be the exact same next year, regardless if COVID is over or not. <laughs> hey, guy, relax, because the All-Stars game has been worse places than Cleveland. Where? What? You only, well, no, got 30, actually, you only got 30 options, and then the New York got two teams, so that take you to 29. LA got two teams, that take you to 29. Actually, actually, no, 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 because they didn't end up having the one in Indiana, did they? That was supposed to be this year, I believe, the one in Indiana, and they moved it to Atlanta. <laughs> Indiana and Cleveland going 12 rounds for worst sports destination. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It, it was supposed to be in Indiana this year, though. It was oh, if, 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 if it was in Indiana, would y'all, would y'all see what I'm saying? If it was in Indiana, y'all be like, uh, Cleveland might not be that bad. I'm t- and I'm going to tell you something. Cleveland, right, Cleveland is right. looking at Indiana like, it's going to be a thriller. When I get that gorilla, that's vanilla. Because that, that there is going to be a battle. I, I mean, audience, audience, y'all tune in. What would y'all rather go to Cleveland or anywhere in Indiana, including Indianapolis? Like, I mean. Can, can Stan put be an option? Can Stan wherever I'm at? Yeah, because if you tell me I got to go to one or two, like, can I stay home, bro? Can I, like, chill with my with my family? If it was between those two, I, I would definitely hit Cleveland. If it's exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it could, worse, it could be worse. It could be worse. Mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I guess I do Cleveland. I guess. I, I mean, I, I've hung out in Cleveland a couple times. I like Cleveland a little bit. I mean, 
it, it was a good getaway from Detroit when I back when I lived in the Midwest. So I mean, I don't know. I you know I I I get that. I'll tell you this: the All Star game being in Cleveland next year is clear proof and evidence the NBA needs to stop trying to force equity. Um, <laughs> the fact of the matter is. The fact of the matter is simple here, right? Like, this is as if they were, like, basically, we're like, all right, uh, so LeBron and AD, y'all can't play together. Uh, Warriors, disband, please. Uh, one of y'all got to go to a trash team. One of y'all got to go to the worst team in the league. There's no reason for it. There's no reason for it, man. Like, please, keep it in good cities. Keep it in exciting cities, okay? Keep it in cities where people want to be. Yeah. When, when have you ever in your lifetime heard somebody say, Hey, bro, I'm finna hit India act up, bro. I'm finna hit that town and go crazy. What have you ever heard somebody say, hey, bro, the Never. casinos in Cleveland? Oh, we, I'm finna act up. I'm finna cut up. And Come on, man. Come on, dog. It, listen, let me, the, the Super Bowl is only in like eight cities. Like only eight cities really yeah, have yeah, a realistic chance at the Super Bowl. And everybody's okay with it. Nobody's yeah. like, oh, most of you don't get the Super Bowl. This is awful. Your city doesn't deserve the Super so, Bowl. So, so here is here is what I'm here's the reason that I'm looking at it. Um, I understand that that you know the NBA always want to be progressive and inclusive, you know, share the wealth and things like that. But like you said, the Super Bowl. If you go into the Super Bowl, it's most likely somewhere in Florida, somewhere in LA or New Orleans. Them the locations right. they hit the most, or or Atlanta, or I mean, it, right. it's always somewhere fun. It's somewhere else. right. If 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 you look at arguably the second biggest um like grand stage once a year event behind a Super Bowl, I know not a lot of our fans are into it, but WrestleMania is probably second behind a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And every year WrestleMania is in Florida, L.A., New Orleans, New York. It's a reason they do that. And if the NBA and these other organizations want to make a bigger deal out of these spectacles, they need to start following that game plan. I'm going to pump y'all brakes on Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta was was popping this year for All-Star Weekend. It was wide open, but I don't think I would have visited Atlanta. I don't think I would have. You wouldn't have visited Atlanta. People was visiting Atlanta, bro. Let me tell you something. The the city was the only thing wide open. Let me tell you something. (laughs) There were were people... Listen, you can say what you want about this All-Star Weekend. There were people... Sleeping in U-Haul vans in order to like be a part of the All Star festivities, even though All Star was only one night this year. Yeah, it was one night. Right. And still, why didn't they just say All Star Day? Why did they say All Star Weekend? Because it, it's too the lore of All Star Weekend has just it's become a brand of its own. You can't say right. All Star Day. That just feel weird. It, it feels very. I, weird. I get it, but I mean, it really was just really one day for real. That's how like I the mean, day of school. Wrong. That's like the day of school where they let you eat pizza and play Madden. You got to say oh All Star Weekend, bro. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, hockey, hockey. All right, all the kids with three point fives. Come on, it's time to yep. time to participate in the All Star Day. You Come get on. little Caesars instead of the piece of pizza with the with the. <laughs> hey, and you know you know the most disrespectful part about it. And in hindsight, teachers need to get paid more. I'm sorry to go off on this tangent, but don't give me little Caesars and you get sliced this this thing. Don't do that, bro. <laughs> Don't do what, like, bro. What, what? Kendrick Perkins could jump over this slice of pizza, man, bro. Like, come on, man. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. So we gonna we gonna we gonna keep it on the court, and we are gonna go to somebody that a team that thinks they got a big fish. Blake Griffin agreed to a buyout with the Pistons. He's landed with the Nets. Now, I just I want to ask you a question because off camera, we talked about the benefits of a buyout for a player earlier. What does a team gain from a buyout? Well, they like, say they save a little bit of money on the contract. So, for example, Blake Griffin, 41 million dollars he was expected to get with the mm-hmm. with the uh, uh, taking his player option. I think it was 38 million. He had three million incentives or something like that. Yeah. So. Basically, he agreed to a twenty-nine million dollar buyout, so the team didn't have to give him that forty-one million, and they got to release him free a roster spot, and he got to sign where he wanted to and make the money off that team. So he signed with Brooklyn, and he got five million on top of the twenty-nine million. He get the twenty-nine million in a lump sum, so therefore it doesn't the contract doesn't follow that team down the line unless they spread it out like they did for Josh Smith. But I 
think they played paid black uh Blake Griffin out. So now they don't have to deal with that in the future and they have a roster spot. So that's how it benefits the team, you know. Okay, all right, all right. I appreciate the, that's why, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Allen is the money man. He, he's good with all things money. So now, when we when we look at this again, right? A lot of people, a lot of basketball Twitter losing it, just just losing it, just going crazy about this. Now, tell me something: Have the Nets gotten away with one? Have they stole one here, or is this like, eh, it never really make no. a difference? Um, I think they slightly improved in their four spot. Um, but I don't think this is a big enough difference to like change the trajectory of this team. I think this team's uh ceiling is making it to the finals and losing to the Lakers if healthy. Um, and I don't think Blake Griffin really changes that. I mean, he has size, he has the basketball knowledge due to how long he's been in the game. He, you know, has developed a, a good spot up shot over the course of the past few years which we'll be able to get off because our defenses are worried about Irving Hart and Durant but at the same time I don't think this is enough to shift the the fortunes of what what Brooklyn's destiny is this season Chris what you thinking man was this was this a big gift for the Nets or what this is the first time in Blake's career where he's not asked to be the number one number two number three number four and maybe not even number five on some nights this has been the first time he's not been asked. Chris, Chris, Chris. I'm saying. Who is Brooklyn's fourth scoring option that you said? Joe Harris. No... Get out of here. Okay. I'm okay. saying. So, so in the scheme of that offense, you telling me you giving Blake the ball before Joe Harris? That three, that that five wide off, offense? You're going to have to double. Uh, on most nights, you're going to have to double K. First of all, that was, I thought that that was the whole point of getting Blake so that you can now go one in, four out instead of five wide. No, Blake don't. Blake has a dunk since 2019. Blake is a three-point I'm not saying for him to dunk. I'm saying you put him in the post. If he could do he just don't a post, bro. The 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 post defenders in today's game are terrible, especially at the four spot. I Tell me him. three guys right now that you like. Yeah, if you if you get the ball against him in the post, it's dear me. Go ahead and talk about the thing is, get. I 100 agree with you, Gibbs. But Blake Griffin shoots fadeaways now. He doesn't, okay. he doesn't. He doesn't. He does. He doesn't bang down wrong. there. He doesn't. But he wrong. shoots fadeaways now. So therefore, you shoot fadeaway. That's a low percentage shot. I'm letting Blake Griffin shoot fadeaways all night long. I I go sit on the bench and let him practice his fadeaway shot mid game before I guard Blake Griffin on the fadeaway <laughs> shots. <laughs> Bro said practice big. Hey, you, he hit him with that uh, when you play pickup basketball. He self-checked. Let him shoot, bro. Let him shoot. <laughs> yep. so, That's it. All around, I, I think it it could help them at him being a fifth, fourth, fifth option. Yes, because, I mean, when they have Jeff Green at center, they're really vulnerable. And Blake Griffin being just a body down there, which – Typically, I heard it on 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 um on online today. Uh, Stephen A. said it. I think usually the best defenders in the league are really the long, linky players, and and players that are really really uh quick with acceleration and agility. Like they move real quick and they long and linky. Blake Griffin is broad. He's kind of I think he's a little out of shape, honestly, because he really didn't play much in Detroit. Um. And he, he never been that good defensively. So he yes, he would be better down low than Jeff Green, maybe, but him playing your five spot most nights don't move the needle enough for me. He he's averaging twelve and five. He only played thirty-eight games, I believe, since twenty nineteen. Here's here's the sickest part for me that, that we haven't mentioned yet. Because there are a lot of misconceptions about Blake that if you watch Piston games, I can clear up for you right here with some numbers. <laughs> a lot of people say, oh, Blake Griffin's a three-point shooter now. Do you know what he's shooting from deep this year? I, he shoots three-pointers. That don't mean he's a three-point shooter. 29%. <laughs> Remember how we were just talking about D-Wade? If, he, if D-Wade is telling you that you're not a three-point shooter, you're not... D-Wade shot better for his career from three than what Blake Griffin is shooting this year. So let's start there. Then let's talk about Blake's 12, 5, and 4, shall we? In the Pistons offense, he's one of the center core pieces, right? And he gets 12, 5, and 4 on 11 shots. 
Where the hell do you find 11 <laughs> shots for your fifth option? So in essence, you're telling me that the, the needle is supposed to be moved, that it's supposed to be a big get for somebody that's basically averaging a little slightly over 1.1 points per shot. That's what you're telling me right now? Yeah, I don't know why Twitter blew up over this. When I saw I was like, that's not even a good fit for Blake. And and then when you look at that, when you look at that, you say to yourself, well, if he's not going to score, he's probably got all these other things in his bag that's just amazing. Four assists a game against two turnovers. A two-to-one turnover to assist ratio is like good for a big, but it's for a big. And mind you, a big, big at that. You're thinking, if you get a two-to-one, you're thinking of Andre Drummond, a cat, uh, somebody um... He's a primary ball handler in Detroit. This man is a primary ball handler who could barely get five rebounds a game. Barely. Was struggling to get them five. It was clear. Anytime it was him and his teammates on the rim, you knew Blake was getting the rebound. And he barely got five. (laughs) The man hasn't dunked in two years. Washed is not the word. He was an all-star in, I want to say it was 2018. Washed ain't the word, honey. This man is through. Stick a fork in him. He's done. <laughs> He's done. I'll, I'll go as far as to say this. If I ever see a 40-point game from this man again, I will be shocked. And I can promise you right now, I will name one of my children's middle names Blake. If he ever drops. <laughs> if he ever drops. I got you. You writing 40, it down? In his career. I, I, I'm, it, trying to, I'm trying to figure out if we saw a 40-point game from him to begin with. He, no, he scored 40 at some point in his career, right? Is it, oh, my Blake God. Blake Griffin, career high in points. I need to find this, bro. No, he had 50 oh for the Pistons. He had 50 for the Pistons. That's what I'm saying. I know he did some nut before where I was like, hey, the Pistons, the Pistons, <laughs> they, they got some. So I don't, I don't understand. Again, 1.1 points per weighted shot. Even if we bump that up to about 1.3, 1.4, he's only going to get ideally, what, four or five shots max? So you're looking at a six a six point guy, a six six points, four four rebounds, one or two assists. What under God's green earth is telling people? That's that's what's gonna get him over the hump. Those six points are gonna be the crucial six. Those six, the winning six. But but get like but come Gibbs, on man, but Gibbs. You you got a double KD Kyrie and or Harden, so Blake Griffin gonna be wide open. And that oh, that's another misconception about Blake Griffin from these last days with the Pistons. Everybody said, well, his numbers are like that because defenses are are watching him. If you watch the Pistons play, Not at all. Jeremy Grant is the guy that like all right, teams are trying to force him to. The, I want to say is he's left-handed, right? Jeremy Grant's left-handed, or am I wrong about that? They try to force him to the right, and they try to bring somebody to double off the weak side. You don't see Blake is missing wide open shots. (laughs) This man is not missing highly contested step back threes. This man sits at the at the break and literally just stands there, catches it uncontested. Clink. Listen, listen. I hit my breaking point when I had a a ten player prop parlay. Right, I needed Blake Griffin to get three rebounds or three assists. I had the same parlay. I just had one with rebounds with Blake Griffin, one with assists. This parlay, I only put five dollars on it. It was going to make me twelve eighty or five dollar parlay. Blake Griffin had one rebound with eight minutes left in the fourth. <laughs> I cut the game. I woke up next morning. Like, of course, he got them two rebounds. <laughs> No, he sir. got one more rebound. No, sir. He got one rebound in eight minutes, and he played all every bit of it. And that, the not, don't even make it worse. It went to overtime. You would have thought for <laughs> sure. You would have thought for sure I got my money. But Blake Griffin didn't get a stat in overtime. He was on that Tony Snell program, baby. Uh-huh. I'm telling you. Blake is the light-skinned Tony Snell at this point. We refuse to accept it. We refuse to accept it. Bro is literally running wind sprints and missing threes. That's literally what he gets bro, paid for. When he when I heard he didn't dunk since 2019, bro, it was just like again, man. if I'm and I, I promise you, if I'm the Pistons, if I see him throw down the oop from, from Kyrie first game, 
I'm filing a claim with the league for fraud. I'm filing a claim with the league. I'm, you know how you take a shorty out to the most expensive restaurant you can find? Hey, come on, girl. Let's let's go ahead. Let's let's cash out of Benny's. Let's let's go to uh, Fleming's. Let's get the biggest steak. Get a steak the size of my back. And then, like, you call Chase immediately after. I have never been to Fleming's in my life, dude. <laughs> this is fraud. I want my bread back. That's what the Pistons better do. If Blake goes off for 30... Or gets a single dunk. A uh, single dunk. They need to go ahead. NBA, I need my bread back. I need all that. I need to recoup some losses. That was not me who paid him that much. <laughs> I did not have nothing to do with that. You got to do something, man. But speaking of folks getting paid, we're going to switch gears to football here to close this thing out. Dak Prescott. <laughs> Prescott gets paid, people. The biggest guarantee, or I'm sorry, the largest signing bonus ever at $66 million. Total of $168 million in roster guarantees. I know a lot of people say guaranteed money in the NFL. There's no such thing. It's a roster guarantee. You have to be on the roster past a certain point, and then you are guaranteed the money. It's not given to you in incentives like a lot of contracts are. So, with that being said, um, what do y'all think about this deal is it a win for the Cowboys? Is it a win for Dak? Is it a win-win or is it a lose-lose? Um, so, of course, it's a win for Dak. Any situation where you get paid four years, $160 million, it's a win. I don't care what you're doing. Uh-huh. I don't care uh-huh. what job you got. <laughs> right. That's a win. Um, right. it's, not a, it's not a win for the Cowboys, but I understand why they did it. Um, if you, It seems like in the NFL currently, if you have a decent quarterback, you have to lock him down. I don't know when that thing came about. We started the facts over X Pod last April, I believe. And then I told you that signing these somewhat okay quarterbacks, these borderline Pro Bowl quarterbacks, sometimes <laughs> to these large deals, is not a good idea. That was my that was my thought process day one of the podcast uh episode 10 of the podcast episode 20 it's not going to change if you're getting that much money from me you have to be patrick mahomes tom brady like if you're on my team we're probably going to be in the super bowl right right you you can't be given um to put it in nba terms if we don't have any football fans in here um how much might Conley get paid Oh, 138 million, something like that. He was getting 138 million. Dak Prescott is the Michael Conley of quarterbacks. He cool. He got his first All Star (laughs) jersey. Bro, eight people had to go down. Stuff in the three point, bro. Eight people had to go down. So, so, so let me let me just let me just say this, and I'm I'm gonna let you close this thing out, Chris. But let me say this: I think that this is a win win. Because, Guyton, I do agree with you to an extent that I don't want to pay so much money to a quarterback that I'm handicapped all the rest of my team. I understand that. The Cowboys are in what all of the NFL analysts would like to call cap hell because of this signing. A $66 million cap hit is a $66 million cap hit. That got $66 million just for putting his, literally, just for. Yeah. 66 signing bonus. Largest ever. But here's my here's my thing about why this is this is a win-win. The Cowboys last year played in the worst division of football by a mile. I thought that there was no way the NFC East could get worse than it was in 2019. And the NFC East said, Oh, you think you know something? Let me show you. Let <laughs> no, me show you. I, 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 I saw I saw a, I saw a uh uh Instagram post where uh Atlanta, no, Florida was like Nobody could be stupider than us. Then Texas was like, "Hold up, hold my beer." When they lifted the mass restriction, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm t- listen, I'm telling you, I thought that the NFC East, I said, they, it's only up from here because their winner in 2019 was what about 79 or something like that. Yep. So I'm thinking to myself, it's only up from here. They said, "Word, hey, we'll give you a conference champ that's basically six and ten. You keep playing, you keep playing with us. We the conference champ last year, seven and nine. No team was a winning team in the NFC East last year. And yet and still, the Cowboys, with Ezekiel Elliott, with Sidarius Lamb, uh, with, with all of the pieces that they have, with all of the pieces that they had defensively, could not break 10 games. I'll tell you what, that getting hurt may have been 
the best thing that ha- could ever happen to him. Because if he was on that team and they go 79 and miss the playoffs, or they go 6 and 10, or they go worse than what they win, he doesn't get big money. Just because he got hurt in a horrible division and the Cowboys were not the best team in the worst division in football, Jerry immediately said, whatever you need, pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it. I I ain't never, ever seen nobody break the bank like this before off an injury. I ain't never seen it. But it it had to happen. So more power to him. I'm I'm super excited about it. Chris, what you thinking, man? Man, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think this is Jerry Jones's cover up. Like, I, I, you know, Jerry Jones is on one of those people. Like, I got money, but I'm not gonna do the right thing with it. But I feel like he finally, finally did the right thing with with his money, and he paid that after that that horrible injury. And also, I think the Cowboys are gonna be the best team in the their division with that, but. I don't like the fact that they have to pay Dak all this money, not knowing how he's going to come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think yeah. Dak should have said, you know what? I don't even know how I'm going to come back. Pay me pay me half now. Then when I come back balling, I'll take the other half. So you give me some more pieces or something like that. I don't know. I just think the Cowboys gave all their money to somebody off rip, not even know. Did the money man just say he would have dropped eight mil? <laughs> I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. I, didn't. I mean, I mean, because the Cowboys are in the NFC East, bro. If they, if you take some money off my contract, you give me some more players around me and make us, because we we know we win our division easily. I just need some pieces to get us to the next round. You know what I mean? But I, I think that that's the point of what's happening with the Dak signing. I right. think the whole point of it is we are in the NFC East. Our window is closing. A window for a running back is only but so long. Zeke is not going to be Zeke for too many more years. Yeah. Uh, you look at that defense. Those guys are already starting to decline a little bit. They, they're they turning into not exactly what everybody thought they were going to be. So when you, when you look at that and you say – well, where are the Cowboys now? The Cowboys got to win now. They got to figure out something. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and if and, Dak don't deliver, I don't and, know. And, and the NFC is in prime position to where even without more pieces, he can do it. You got Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. You got uh, you got Zeke. You got, you got the pieces as far as to win the NFC East. And then from there... All you got to do is win a couple games in the playoffs. All you got to do, the wrong team get hurt. Look at what happened with the Chiefs this year. The Chiefs, I believe if their offensive line was healthy, they run away with the Super Bowl. They weren't. They weren't. So with the Cowboys, if you say, hey, I'm going to not pay Dak exactly, Dak ain't going for that because he just played on the franchise tag and got hurt. So what's the motivation for him to play for half? Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, Hey, I, if I'm him, run it up, run it up, please. Hey, cash only, no checks, please, no checks. I don't, <laughs> I don't need no, no cash app, no Zelle, cash, please, yeah. please, and thank you. Uh, so, so, ask y'all this: Do either one of you believe that Dak is, as far as like tiers of quarterback, right? Tier one is elite. Either they are headed towards Hall of Fame level, or they're already there. Uh, level two is like, I'm not surprised if he make a Pro Bowl. He's he's capable of that. He's maybe been to a couple. Level three is like, eh, he's a starter. Level four is like, if there's a quarterback available, I'm going to take him. Level five is, this boy's a piss of hell. Get him out of here. Get him. He um, do not belong on the NFL roster. What tier would you put him in? I'm going to put Dak at tier two. Um, right, but I right. don't think that quarterbacks that's borderline Pro Bowl are – enough to give that much money because that much money warrants like you're immediately going to take us to the promised land and that's not yeah. what a borderline pro bowl quarterback is um so i would put him at tier two but also that's taking into consideration that he's going to be completely 100 healthy whenever he whenever he comes back from whatever this injury is we don't know how it's going to affect him so pre-injury dak i'm putting that tier two i have no idea what we're going to get when, when we come back when he comes back i feel that i feel that chris what you thinking about what's here I give you remember when we first started the pod, I had Dak on my fantasy team and you said to me, Oh, you was balling the first three weeks. He, <laughs> he was hot as fish grease. This was your exact word. 
Then here come week four. Dak put up seven points fantasy. I remember it because I was like struggling. I ended up coming in second that fantasy league. But then Dak came back the next week. He said, oh, you thought seven was bad? Here comes six. He came with six <laughs> fantasy points. And I Ooh. said, there's no way he got six fantasy points and played the whole game. I looked at the stats. He played the whole game. Then he went back to being hot as fish grease. He had another four weeks. He was just sizzling, 30, 27, 25. Dak mm-hmm. hasn't really been fully consistent yet in the league, other than his first season when he took the Tony Romo's spot, theoretically, when Tony Romo right. was getting old. He, that's the only season mm-hmm. he had where he was consistent. Since then, his numbers dipped. His talent's gotten better around him. So for me, I'm going to put him at tier three, borderline tier two, I'll put him like right behind like the the Tannehills or the give me a quarterback that's right there. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Now I'll put him right there behind. Did you just put this man behind Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> yes, yes. Ryan Tannehill. I would take Ryan over that inconsistent self, man. I might be holding a grudge because the fantasy though, but I mean. Yeah, go go ahead and play the Don Tolliver, man. We don't we don't have enough of this. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. Okay, you, Ryan Tannehill has weapons on weapons on weapons with a dog, a defense that's full of dogs, and he still could not get it done. The I, I, this is my bottom. <laughs> this is. Man, so you said Tannehill, Tannehill is scrub? I'm saying Tannehill is it, to me. Tannehill is like four three. He's like a four three. He's in that that zone for me. Like he's kind of like mm, you suspect. Like you like if I'm right. playing Among Us, you sus. But I ain't gonna vote you yet. <laughs> but you sus though. I'm watching you. Listen, watching listen. We're going to get two people that's going to follow you around. So if you kill one of us, we know what the deal is about you. But but he's not. He's He definitely ain't near tier two. I, I mean, he to me, he's in the three like that. He He's in oh, the three Lord. like that. But oh, Lord. Just he, made he had he had, he had He had five good games. I'll put him in tier two. He had five solid good games. I'll put him in tier uh, two. You know what? Okay, you... I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. For me, Dak is is he's solidly in tier two. And again, it's addition by subtraction. When he got subtracted to that team, they figured out exactly how valuable how valuable he is. And the thing about the whole how much is a quarterback worth? The question is how much is the Super Bowl worth to you? Because mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Dak is going to put you in the Super Bowl immediately. I'm not saying that. Right? Like. And, and, and I'm going to skip ahead on the rundown a little bit because the next question is, are the Cowboys contenders now? But he puts them back in contention. You're not surprised if the Cowboys are in contention next year. With Andy Dalton. But when we say contention, with, is contention winning the NFC East? No, winning the NFC. I can see. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Look at the NFC right now. Look at the teams that are at the top. Right. The Super Bowl champs. Brady is going to be, what, 44? The Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has admitted, I'm on the back nine in my career. The Saints, without Drew Brees. Those are the top three seeds. They don't know if Drew Brees is coming back or not. They don't That's know. Right. He already said he was retiring, I thought. Well, now he's it's up in the air, allegedly. Yeah. Um, so, That's true. That's true. So, the, at, at the end of the day, who's going to stop him? Taylor Heineke? Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, who are we worried about from the NFC that's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the Cowboys can't take them out? I don't know. I I honestly and truly don't know. So I, I think that Dak puts them back in contention. And also, the Cowboys are hitting the fortunate situation of they got everything rolling right just as everybody else is starting to decline in the NFC. Because if they're in the AFC, oh, absolutely. They're not in contention. They're not in contention. You got Mahomes, you got uh you got uh Jackson, you got Allen, you got um you got the I mean the Titans with even with Tannehill, you still got that 260 pound mammoth of a back, and, and you gotta stop them. You got to stop. 
You still right. got AJ Brown. Why Tedahill prove you wrong this season? Tedahill about to if he, Hey, listen, <laughs> y'all know you know I am not above admitting I'm wrong. We had a whole segment called Gibbs is wrong early. I'll admit it, but Tedahill ain't proved nothing to me yet. He proved that he wasn't as bad as everybody thought he was with the Dolphins. Ooh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's scary. But anywho, um, so so are the Cowboys contenders, y'all? And we gonna end it after this. We go, but I, I just want to know are the Cowboys contenders? So initially, we used when we said contenders, I was thinking, are they good enough to win the NFC East? It's the NFC East. They could put any of us three at quarterback. We contenders, bro. Um, but <laughs> since since you put it in that context, I didn't really think of the big dogs in the NFC like when that question got brought up. And since you put it that way, they are contenders. Like if if it came down to to Dallas and Tampa Bay next year, you know, to like win the NFC, that's that's actually a viable option. I don't know if it'll be worth sitting through uh sixty minutes of football for, but it seems like something that could happen. Chris, what you thinking? Are they contenders? Are they? Are they they got a shot or what? I, I would say yes, but if two things happen, no. If Jalen Hurts comes out balling, and, and you know he's he's right, he, he's right. so promising, he come out balling, and he come out balling. I don't know. And then if Deshaun Watson go to you, your favorite place you wanted to go, Gibbs, if Deshaun Watson go over there, that that make it tough. That make it tough. Man, listen, I. Excuse me, Deshaun Watson. Wherever he goes, if he goes to the NFC, sorry to this man. Sorry to this man. Whatever (laughs) team, whatever team Deshaun Watson goes to, effectively became no worse than maybe the third best team in the NFC. No worse. That's what I'm saying. That's true. And I literally mean wherever. I don't care if it's obviously it's not going to be the Lions, but I'm just saying, even if it was the Lions, if it was uh, anybody besides really the Cardinals. They'll be the second, no worse than the third best. That's that's what I'm saying. If Deshaun Watson go over there, over with, kill it, kill it. Kill I, it. I feel it, I feel it. Well, listen, we we appreciate y'all coming out. We appreciate you, Ziff Nation. We appreciate all the listeners. Uh, subscribe to our regular Twitch page, Facts Over Acts. Um, we appreciate it. We know y'all had enough of us talking about other people's money. We know y'all had enough of us talk about the hot mess in Atlanta. We know y'all done had enough of Chris talking about the nonsense with the do-rag. So, we're going to let y'all get on out of here. But peace and love, y'all. And always remember, come back next week and the week after that and the week after that. You had enough.